0: Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. welcome Welcome to Jeffrey to Jeffrey TV Podcast. Happy Tuesday, boys and girls. My name is Jeffrey Scott Mitchell. And as it seems with every year of me on this planet, around my birthday, I get added energy. And that added energy, I usually turn into creativity. You see an uptick of music production and videos and me talking. So I'm thinking... This Friday I'll be 59 years old. I'm guessing, or estimating, that I'll probably be on this rock for 83, 84, 45 years. So basically I'm two-thirds of the way through my life. If I did the math correctly. I'm figuring, okay, if I'm 60 now, if I'm 60, 60 now, and got like 20 more years to go. I'm 80, maybe three fourths. <laughs> maybe I'm three fourths, oh Jesus. Yeah, I'm three fourths, not two thirds. Oh my God, I only got 25% of life left. And having said that, I came to two immediate conclusions or realizations, or summarizations. One, at this age, at this time, this is the best time of my life ever. That's a hell of a statement to make. After all I've been through, with people I've been through, relationships and children, and marriages, and traveling, and Super Bowls, and all kinds of stuff. For me to make that statement, that this is the best time of my life ever, at this age right now, seems to be a reoccurring thing with me. (laughs) It seems I have a knack, and I think my son does too, to where, no matter what, who, how, or where, or when, whatever we're doing at that time, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm living, whatever I'm going through at that time, it feels like it's the best that I've ever been through. See, so it's the best of time. Whatever moment is happening right now is the best. It's just the best. My mother told me, <laughs> she said, you say that about all. You say that all the time. <laughs> and she might be right. So, whether this is the best time of my life or not doesn't matter. <laughs> it just if what matters is that I feel or have sentiment in that direction. What matters is that I feel or, and I have sentiment in that direction. So, it's the feeling that I get, like faith. Whether faith is real or not, it doesn't matter. If faith is real or not, it doesn't matter at all. What matters is, well actually, I said that wrong, I was trying to turn around and let that guy behind me get out of the shot. I don't know why he was keeping pace like that. Turn around. So I turn around and walk backwards and get him out of the shot. Damn it. Anyway. So with faith, evidence doesn't matter. Reality doesn't matter. It's all about the faith. And the faith makes you feel better. And I think I have that. So when I say right now, it's the best time of my life. I've said that before. I've said it many times. But this time, (laughs) <laughs> I can I could probably make a case. I could probably show evidence and make a case for <laughs> this being the best time of my life. And um secondly, out of that, having lived three-fourths of my life, possibly. I kind of wish that there was more I had I kind of wish I had more of a sense of urgency. I built this thing and I'm building it. I'm constantly thinking how is this thing going to survive after I'm gone? It may help for me to to specifically Define what this thing is In my mind is built already or it's building in my mind. It's fairly clear and fuzzy It's the fuzziest clear thing Drive motivation Whatever I'm going for going towards been doing it for Probably all my life but acknowledged it at least 20 30 years the Jeffrey TV legacy of my videos, talking, philosophy, ideas, influences, music, art, pictures, photography, all that. I'm looking to find ways to keep that going, and also to get future generations of my lineage or anybody's lineage to jump on board and to keep it going. Might have to create like a foundation, like an entity. Get a bunch bunch of people who buy in on it, on the idea. Make it a nonprofit organization capable of sustaining itself and thereby continuing and basically keeping my data available on the internet. My data and my philosophies and writings and videos and all that keep all that on the internet after I'm gone for centuries so I kind of wrote a book I was hoping it would get in the Library of Congress and also I know when you write a book or something put something in physical and you put it out there once it's out there it can't be taken back and you hope that history will favor you in that regard by discovering, you know, what I've done, what I've said, and it will be appreciated years from now, decades from now, centuries from now, hopefully. I, that's where I'm at. And that's why I, I feel about what I'm doing. And i when I wake up in the morning that is exactly what's on my mind. I don't have to read a mantra or look up and see a post to be reminded of the mission of Jeffrey TV. So today is Tuesday. I work today, I work Wednesday and I work Thursday and I'm off Friday and I have nothing to do Friday. Saturday. Saturday. And Saturday. We're doing it in decades. Get down there. Do what we do. Get it going. Get it set up. My birthday. And I want to hear birthday shout outs. From the stage, <laughs> I'm going to make sure they know whose birthday it is that day. And let me tell you, y'all want to come down there? I can't promise you nothing. But the stars are aligning. This might be a very, very, very noteworthy. Jeffrey TV show. You might want to come out there and see the boy do his thing. That and his, oh, and the bands too. <laughs> yeah, the bands are cool, but you might want to come see Jeffrey. Come see that. Cause I'm probably gonna perform. I'm probably going to perform on my to celebrate my 59th orbit around the sun. Stars are aligning. As the stars have always aligned for me. Now is the are the stars aligning or am I making lemonade? When given lemons, it's a combination. And yesterday I said, being happy takes responsibility. You got to take a lot of responsibility on to be happy. And I know, I know people firsthand intimately who they can't take that, they, they're incapable of accepting that responsibility. They're completely incapable. Everything everything they do or talk about is a reaction To what somebody else did or think or or even better yet What they think Someone will think or did think or did say or could say Like an absolute No idea of self In relation To taking responsibility for the things that they should take responsibility for. It might just be me, it might just be the way I was raised, but at this age, and my capability now, and the resources I've had, and the things that I've been taught, and learned, experienced, the whole thing, I can't. I have, I cannot, hold anybody accountable for anything. <laughs> I have taken everybody out of the loop, <laughs> everybody but me. I have orchestrated, or maybe even created a life that where I am responsible for everything. I rely on nobody, well, not directly, because I rely on all everybody. I rely on nobody, yet I rely on everybody. Relied might be a strong word, but the basic premise of what I'm trying to say is that if there's something I want, need, it's up to me to go get it. And nobody else, nobody else is responsible. Nobody else has to give a damn. Nobody else has to do anything but do them, do themselves. Just like I'm doing me, you do you. And then maybe hopefully, maybe hopefully, you doing you intersects with me doing me, and we can find common ground, find common good, work together, for the time that our energies are in harmony, then we move on. Just like relationships, if you ask me. I don't think relationships are meant to last forever. That's too lofty of a goal. Relationships lasting forever? Yeah, they do, sure. And I'm happy for the ones that do. But if you ask me, well, I take that back. Some people, like I said, people are so different. People are so subjective. You can't say anything. There's nothing universal. You can't really say anything. So I always got to say, for me, in my situation, it's hard for me to see myself in a relationship, Uh traditional intimate relationship and not be held back not be handcuffed almost and not because you know seeing other people dating or you know go here go there restrict it it's more of a a bigger mental drive or pursuit where in my life right now this Jeffrey TV thing is number one in a relationship you may not want that even though all the documentaries I watch about Einstein and all the great ones they told their spouses look the work comes first you are not to interrupt me when I'm doing this you are not to interrupt me when I'm doing that You're not to do this. You're supposed to give me that space. It sounds harsh and cruel when you compare it to the traditional idea of what a relationship is. But I was listening to it, I was like, yes. (laughs) I was like, yes, oh God, yes. I knew I always loved you, Albert. And then I watched documentary after documentary of all the great people, they all were like that. They were, I don't even know if it was narcissistic because it was more about what they were doing. Or they thought what they were doing was so more important than everything else. Or they put it in perspective. Because that traditional. You're my everything, I can't live with you. Oh my God, I can't live without you. I'll do anything. I'll quit my job. I'll move. Anything just to be with you. Shit. <laughs> Maybe when I was 22 and didn't know no better, And probably not even then, let's be honest. Actually, when I was 22, I was getting married. Probably right when I got married. 22, 62. Oh, that's right before my ex-wife. That's when I had moved out here. And I was still boyfriend-girlfriend with my ex-wife. And she was back there. And I don't know what was going on between us or what wasn't going on I mean I was doing stuff I don't know what she was doing The next thing I know she out here <laughs> I can't re- I don't even know how that worked I don't know how that worked at all But it did And I was in that situation And we had children we got married. And I think I could be honest. And I, I even told her, we were sitting there talking, me, her, her husband, Joe. We were sitting there talking, ex-wife. I didn't even think my daughter was there. I was like, be honest with you, I didn't, I don't think I could have survived being in a traditional family with kids. I don't think I would've, of course I'd have survived, probably would've did. Probably, I would've made the most of it, you know. Probably would've been, probably could've possibly been better. And not only that, been better, indoctrinated my children into the Jeffrey TV belief more directly, <laughs> and that's what I'm starting to realize with lineage and all people having a bunch of kids and the tight family unit, how they pass that bloodline and that lineage down. In my situation, in my demographic in my people, class or whatever you want to call it, they ain't out there having a million babies. Hell, half of them ain't even getting married. Women and men. And definitely not having five, six children. I mean, there's some people out there doing that. So the trend is in another direction. But, and I always wondered what it would be like had I stayed in. I keep thinking PTA meetings, and practices, and this and that, school, and parent-teacher conferences, and working, and shoveling snow, and all that stuff. I think that I wouldn't be the person I am today. There's no doubt about that. I would be a different person, Without, I would be better, or not, better is relative. Would I like myself better? You never know. Because as I stated earlier, it it, it seems that no matter what I was doing, I made, uh, I could make it feel like it was the best to be done. So you never know. But I told her, I said, I don't, I look back and for a long time I, 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 I addressed that situation. You know, the what if, what, say with family. Because I remember the breakup, how we split and how it went down. And, okay, one of the things that I remember was she left and I didn't go looking for her. She took the kids and left. And I didn't go looking for her. Now, I don't think I wasn't hitting her. I wasn't beating her. I don't even think, I think we might've been arguing a lot. It might've been real tenuous and tension. She had just had Kimberly. So she had just had two kids. She's So she was out here. We were young. I was working. I was still drinking. I asked her about that. She said, no, I wasn't, you know, I may have gotten a little belligerent. But my drinking wasn't, you know, I wasn't abusive or anything. I may have just been more focused on myself at where she was young and two kids and out here. And you know, I thought I was doing well, you know, I was working you know, helping out around the house as much as I could, I thought, you know, I don't think I was, I look back, I don't, I think I even asked her, I was like, was I doing anything? I think she said, no, not really, we were just young. We were just young. And I also look back at that situation and probably talking too much about it, but it's watered under the bridge now, we're all cool. In fact, her husband is real cool. <laughs> Everything is just real cool. Everybody got husbands. <laughs> the daughter got a husband because believe me, even though she may have most some of my characteristics and thinking, she looked just like her mother and there's an undertone for my daughter. And thank God for husbands, for those two. Some people need husbands. In fact, we have meetings to make sure <laughs> that these men get what they need <laughs> to keep the world a safe place. But, it's good. I mean, yeah, cause he called me the other day because going back there for the fourth, and Gonna go ahead and do some ribs and stuff. And he's the rib guy, he's those barbecue cats back there, they know how to do it. They're marinating, oh my God. They're marinating and how to get the right meat and the charcoals and the grill and all that. And patience and sit there and just let it cook slow and do it right. So he gonna get six slabs from not just like a grocery store, but from a spot, a butcher or something. Rooley Brothers, I think. I think he's getting it from Ruly Brothers. Anyhow, it just shows how, how cool everything is, how cool everybody is and how the harmony has settled. And, and he's the kind of guy who, you know, is cool for being in that situation. Whereas I'm, y'all know me, I got Google Flights and Booking.com on my work browser toolbar. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it all started. I remember that cubicle, sitting in that cubicle. And I was like, hey! I can afford to go to this football game. I can make this happen. I can afford it. Let's try it. i never done anything like that before. Just bought a ticket, jumped on an airplane, and went to a game or just went anywhere, let alone an NFL playoff game in Arrowhead Stadium. That was the one. It was the Super Bowl in 1995. When I went by myself and realized how that, the opportunity to do things by myself, how that opened up my life. And then sitting at that, that, working at that job, you know, having money, a little bit of money, you know, money was coming in. You know, I was working, I was getting, my bills were finally getting knocked down from years of, you know, not working steady. I started, I was getting comfortable in the position even though I was a contractor. I felt like I was gonna be there for a long time. So I got a little bit complacent and was able to relax on it and say, hey, you know, spend some money. I sat there a couple hours. I had booked a flight to Kansas City, rented a car in a room. Got a ticket. And not no not no cheap seat ticket either. In fact, my first ticket I got, it wasn't no cheap one. I wasn't sitting in the rafters. It was a pretty good one. And then going forward from there, it really escalated. <laughs> I'm up there spending seven, eight, nine hundred dollars for a ticket. <laughs> Do you have that? Because I got to be sitting right behind Tomlin. I want to be sitting in Tomlin's ear. Tomlin, juju, slant right, (laughs) telling them what to call. Looking in Ben's face. But, and that's who I was. And I just fly around. I don't have a plant, a dog. There's not another living creature in my apartment. In fact, I bought a plant, because I had some free money. I had to spend some money. And I bought a plant. And I should have known, it was from Big Lots. And I got the plant home, and I set it there, and it set, set it right there in prime area. Looked at it every day. So it was right there in prime area. For like a month before I realized it was plastic. <laughs> that tells you how I feel <laughs> about living things within the sphere of Jeffrey. And then also, too, you got to remember that the highest heights that I've had have come. So we're going to y'all two times. My name is Jeffrey. I'm out for the funk, for me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Whoa free TF